This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning, Passion Church family. It's good to see all of you in the house and those that are watching and a part of us that's on social media all around the world. I I understand the other day we've got some foreign countries watching us on on, uh, this thing called social media, and I think that's wonderful. You know, this week in my study time, I was... uh, I was asking the Lord about it being a message based upon Father's Day. And God has a sense of humor. He says, well, you know, I'm not just a father, a father figure. But he says, but I'm a father figure to everyone. And I said, well, Lord, where are you going with this? He said, I want your message to be for fathers, but I also want it to be for the mothers and the women and the children. Because he says, I want you to tell the story about me being the father. Amen. So he is truly the father this morning. He's our heavenly father. And as we sang this morning, a good, good father. Now, you may be in our midst this morning or watching online and you say, well, I didn't have a real good relationship with my father. This message this morning is to encourage you that you do have a father that's good to you and will be good to you on and on and on. My scripture reading this morning is going to be out of Ephesians The first chapter. And before we get started, let me uh, get you to lift your Bibles up to the Heavenly Father this morning. And I want you to repeat this after me or say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I will never be the same, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. As I was saying before, our scripture reading this morning is going to be based out of Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to be sharing with you out of the Message Bible Starting with verse 11, it reads like this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. In this day and age, we really need to understand this. Our world needs to understand this. We have people that don't know who they are. They don't know why they're living And what their purpose and their destiny in life is all about. And I just felt like in my heart this week that the Lord was sharing to me and with me about all that He is to us. The title of my message this morning is Knowing Who You Are in Christ Jesus. In order to know who you are in Christ Jesus, it's important That you know what God says about you and who He 
says you are. When you know and understand what he says about you, how he sees you, you will get a better opportunity of knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. And as I said before, the day and age we live in, people really need to know who they are in Christ Jesus. They're having this misconception of who they are, what their purpose in life is. And I believe that us as Christians, we have to demonstrate that. Actions speak louder than words. We have to demonstrate who God is and what God is all about. There was an old song that we remember and I remember singing years ago. It's called, What the World Needs Now is Love, Sweet Love. I like to say, what the world needs now is love, God's love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. You see, I believe today that when you and I demonstrate who God is in our everyday life, on the job, in the marketplace, in our time of worship at church, wherever it is, we have a responsibility in our life. It's not what you do, it's what I do God holds me accountable to. But God holds us as Christians accountable to represent Him. I've preached several messages since I've been pastoring here on knowing your identity in Christ. That we're created in the image and the likeness of God. And that we're to demonstrate that. And in Ephesians here it says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are. And where do we find that? In Christ. And what we're living for. You say, well, Pastor, why do I need to know that? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I want to answer that question. So you can live your life as God intended and fulfill your destiny. So many people today don't know what their purpose is in life. They don't have a destiny. They do have one. God has a destiny for them. The Word of God says, I have plans for you to prosper you and do you nothing but good. But so many people today, because of the world we live in, even Christians have lost sight of their purpose, the direction that God has for them. And it's, it's sad because as you look around, it's almost like the lights are on, but nobody's home. You don't see the smiles on people's faces anymore like you used to. I know I can go about my daily activities and... Well, you can just be driving down the road and you look in, in the vehicles next to you and they look like they've just lost their, their puppy or they lost their loved one and there's sadness throughout this world. But God wants to demonstrate who He is and what He can do. And to do that, you and I must know who we are. In Christ Jesus. There's no other way that we can allow the world to see 
who God is and what He wants to accomplish until they see it in you and I. It reminds me of an old saying that said, We're the only Bible some people will ever read. Ladies and gentlemen, our world today needs people that are an exemplary or an an example of God Himself. God with skin on. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundant. The world is looking for that abundant life. They're looking for it in drugs and alcohol and in relationships. But you and I that have had a relationship with Christ know there's nothing that compares to what God can do and is willing to do and wants to do in our hearts and our lives. He wants to change the world. He wants to fill it for full of his love. And he wants these seats full of people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You say, well, what is another reason why I need to have knowledge of knowing who Christ is? Well, first of all, to, it's important that you know who you are in him so you know what to do. If I had known... Years ago, especially in my early life of being married, if I had known what to do, I would have done some things differently. And if I had known when to do it, I would have been a much further in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And if I had known that which he was saying to me, where to go about doing it, where to be a part of where he wanted my life to be at, what church family he wanted me to be a part of, what church family he wanted me to become rooted and grounded in so that I could, I could grow from other people's gifts and talents that it would be surrounding me. And others could grow from the gifts and talents in my life. You see, we need each other in the body of Christ. It's important that you share your gifts and talents with others in the body of Christ. We're not an island unto ourselves. Oh, how we need each other. Another thing is that how to do it. Oh, if I had only known how to go about the things that God really wanted out of my life, I would be much further today in Christ. So the question is, who am I in Christ? Well, let me tell you this morning... Who God says you are. And if you're taking notes, I would like to... I ran off... There are probably 25 here, and I may not get to all 25 because I don't want to keep you long. It's Father's Day, and I know a lot of you want to take us dads out to eat. Prime rib and baked potatoes and... Oh, some of your stomachs are already ground. I can hear you saying, keep it short, Pastor, keep it short. But I want to share with you this morning what God says about you. You see, unless we know what God says about us, it's hard for us to realize to know who we are in Christ. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to share some of these with you. I'm also going to give you the Scripture outline, but I'm not going to share the entire passage of Scripture. Number one is, you are loved. 1 John 3, 3, but also John 3, 16, who says, For God so loved you 
that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal ongoing life. Number two, you are accepted by him. Think about that for just a moment. He's not asking you how good you were or how good you are. He just says, I take you like you are. When I stood before the preacher with this young lady who is now my wife 43 years ago, the preacher said, do you take her for better or for worse? In sickness and in health. I said, I do. I accepted her as she was. You say, well, didn't you see her flaws? And I was love smitten. To me, she could do no wrong. And for 43 years, she has still done no wrong. Did I get that prime rib? You are a child of God. John 1.12 you, you are Jesus' friend. You know, when, you, when all your friends turn their back on you, you still have a friend. His name is Jesus. That's taken from John 15, 14. You're a joint heir with Jesus, sharing in the inheritance with Him. So many of these could just be preached on for weeks and weeks at a time. An inheritance. If you're Abraham's seed, then you have the inheritance to the promise. Everything that belonged to Abraham belongs to you. That's taken from Romans 8, 17. You are united with God and one spirit with Him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. You are the temple of God. Think about that for a moment. The God, the most high God, the almighty God who created the universe is living inside of you. He says, I just take residency with you. I like to picture Him sometimes, especially when... When I'm, when I'm basking in his presence, I like to just imagine that he is kicking back in his big recliner in my heart. And I'm offering him brownies and coffee and tea and say, just make yourself at home, God. I like to just, I want to make him feel at home. I want to sh- shower him with praise and thanksgiving. Because I'm the temple that he dwells in. You are the temple he dwells in. As taken from 1 Corinthians 6, 19. We're members of the body of Christ. We are saints. Now you say, Pastor, how can I be a saint? Well, you see, I want to pause and take a moment on this one. You're a saint because when you asked Jesus to come into your heart and you said, Father, forgive me. I repent of my sins. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Every one of your sins are now history. History. And the Bible says that you are now in right standing with God. That's why you're a saint. You don't have to wait until you die to get to heaven to be a saint. In fact, and oh mercy, if you'll just grab it and not let it be just a head knowledge but a heart knowledge, 
that you are a saint. You are born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Honey, that right there will give you the opportunity to walk along life's way saying, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. We need to know this. And it must go from the head to the heart. Praise the Lord. You say, Pastor, you get excited. I get excited about this God who can love me after all the mess that I have done in my past. I'm redeemed and forgiven, Colossians 1.14. I'm complete in Jesus Christ. Not because of what I did, but because of what he did on the cross of Calvary. I'm free from condemnation. Oh, my goodness, Romans 8.1. Free from condemnation. Ladies and gentlemen, when that gets in your heart, that you are free from condemnation, you'll quit condemning others because you'll realize what love the Father has bestowed upon you that he no longer condemns you for your past. You've not only been free of the condemnation, but he has totally wiped out all of your sins. Glory to God. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 I'm chosen of God. I'm holy and dearly beloved. Or dearly loved. Colossians 3.12 I'm established, I'm anointed, and I'm sealed by God. Corinthians 1.21 Did you hear that? You're anointed. Somebody says, well, I'm not a preacher and I I don't have the anointing on me. Listen, Jesus is considered the anointed one. And when Jesus lives in you, you got the anointed one in you. That makes you anointed. Jesus said, I'm in you and you're in me and I'm in the Father. That's what he told the disciples. So if he's living in you today, you are anointed. The only reason that the gift of the anointing or the, or the outpouring of the anointing is not flowing through you is because you haven't accepted the fact that I am the anointed of the Most High God. When it goes from your head to your heart, it'll put a spring in your step. It'll, it'll cause you to look for somebody to lay hands on because the anointed one is in you. You say, you need healing? Praise God, I'm not the healer, but I know the one that is, the healer is inside of me. And he has anointed me to raise the dead, to anoint those, and to cause them to be brought forth and to be healed. Then you'll know they're my disciples. Glory to God. Well, I'm trying to get through this morning. You don't have the spirit of fear, but you have the power. Of the, you have the spirit of love and the power and a sound mind. You see, these are the things. This is what, this is how God sees you. It's not a question, well, I I hope He does. No, He does. He does. And when this gets in you, you never question again who you are in Him. Well, I've, because of time, I won't go on, but I do have to share this one. Last but not least. Psalms 139, 14, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. (laughs) 
Don't get hung up on because maybe you don't have the nicest home or you don't, have a, you don't drive a nice car or you don't have the nicest clothes or, or maybe your body's not the, the, the movie star body or maybe you don't feel like you have movie star looks. I'm going to tell you something. God don't look at that. In God's eyes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a masterpiece. He created you with a fingerprint that no one has but you. No one. Can I tell you this morning, you are special and you are somebody in Christ. You see, when this goes from your head and you're reading it, but once it sinks into your heart, and you begin to see and realize just what God sees in you and how he sees you. It changes your personality. Let me give you some benefits in knowing Christ and knowing who you are in Christ. Number one, you accept you as you are. You accept you as you are. Don't try to be anybody else. You will live most miserably if you try to be anybody but you. You see, when you know who you are in Christ, you're comfortable in your own skin. You don't try to fit in. You don't try to fit in. You don't have to partake of what others are partaking to fit in. You are somebody going somewhere to make something happen. For the glory of God. Glory to God. You let go of self-doubt. Your confidence will improve. How many of you, just be honest, how many of you feel like you need more confidence in God and in yourself? You will make better life choices. These are benefits of knowing who you are in Christ. You would express yourself more freely. You'll have more compassion for others. You will know your worth. Well, I could spend a whole sermon on that. You will know your worth. If you ever question your worth, remember this passage of Scripture. You were worth so much and are still worth so much that the God of the universe sacrificed his own Son, willingly, laid it down. Jesus suffered like no man has ever suffered. Because he loves you. That's how much you're worth. You cannot put a price tag on that. So the next time you want to let your head hang down low, and start crying the moody booty blues. You just remember. Jesus gave his all for me. I am worth more than money can ever buy. And when that happens, you'll begin to realize money can't buy you. <laughs> because you've already been bought. 
And I want to let this one be the last of the benefits, but there are many, many more. You will learn how to control your environment instead of the environment controlling you. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I work at the such and such, and, and well, there's a lot of profanity, and they're, they come in, and they're always moaning and groaning the blues and stuff. All you got to do is begin <laughs> to lift up the name of Jesus. All you got to do is begin to praise him in the midst of your mess. He said, when the praises go up, his glory comes down. You see, you can control your environment. Your environment does not have to control you. You say, when we come in here in the mornings, there's a wonderful environment here of worship and praise and thanksgiving here in the sanctuary. It's because when you walk through those doors, we that have come here earlier, it's just a building. But we have made a commitment and a decision that when you come in here, this will be a house of praise and prayer. In other words, when we come in, our pump has already been primed. Our cup runneth over. So when you get in here, you get spilled over on. Praise the Lord. Because we choose to set the environment. Glory. Identity does not depend on something that you do or have done. Your true identity is who God says you are. And I just read many of them and gave you scriptures if you're taking notes. Write those down and study them. Meditate on them during the week. It will change your life. You will find many, many benefits that God has bestowed upon you because He sees you as somebody. He sees you as a masterpiece. He sees you as the beloved. He says he wants to treat you just like he does his son. In fact, I want to read a little something this morning just before we close. It's entitled, You Are Christ. This is God speaking. I will treat you as I treat my son, for I have placed you in him. I will look upon you as my cherished one with the favor that Jesus deserves. He has taken all that you deserved and carried it in your place to Calvary. Now I will take all that he deserves and place it upon you. I have placed you in him so that I can treat you like him. This is our mercy and grace to you. It's our gift to you. This is, this is God saying about him and the Son. This is our gift to you, and it's our delight. You abide within my heart. I have placed you inside the relationship I have with my son. I accept you fully. I love you endlessly. Allow this love to penetrate you with divine light. Rest in knowing you are firmly placed in Christ. Cling to this awareness. Let it steep into your very being. Allow it to alter your perception 
of who you are. So that you will see yourself the way I see you, says the Lord. Perfect, holy, and blameless. For you are my beloved. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something, folks. You get this love down in you and you realize just what God thinks about you and what he has imparted into you. You'll walk around with your head held high, not in a proud, boastful way, but you'll walk around with a heart of thanksgiving saying, glory be to God. He has died for me. He has blessed me. He has bestowed everything on me. Riches beyond compare. He has given me a sound mind and a heart of love. He took out the old stony heart and he put in a heart of flesh. Glory to God. Oh, I feel the presence of God in here today. Oh, his love is flowing. So in closing... I encourage you to learn to see yourself as God sees you. If you're here today and you don't know this Jesus that I speak of, then you'll never know the true love of the Father. You'll never understand what He sees in you. You'll never receive the compassion and the love until you invite him in. You say, well, Pastor, I've accepted him. Well, so oftentimes we accept Christ, but we fall by the wayside. We let the cares of the world enter in. Say, how do you know? Well, I'm human too. I've allowed it to happen. What God is saying today, I want you to recommit your heart to me. I want to show you how much I love you. I want to show you what I see in you. I want you to receive him into your heart today. Those of you watching on social media, you can receive him. And all you have to do, if you're here, is pray this prayer with me. If you need to rededicate your heart to the Lord, do that. Pray this prayer with me in rededication this morning. Say with me, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I repent of my sins. I receive you into my heart. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray it from my heart. I receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, we here at Passion Church believe you just got born again. If you prayed that prayer of a 
as a sign of not just repentance but rededication, God has heard your heart. And he's saying to you, I want you to know me. I want you to experience me. I want you to see just how much you mean to me. At the close of this service this morning, we're going to have our altar workers up here. Perhaps you want to come and let somebody pray with you. Maybe even today you would like to just come and kneel at this altar and just spend some time talking to him. You say, well, I came earlier. That's fine. The altars are still open. God is still in our midst. And Jesus' arms are still wide open. And he's saying, come. All ye heavy laden, come. And I will give you rest. To all of you fathers, I want to encourage you. Grasp a hold of this message today. To be the father that you will never regret being can only be found when you seek the Father, God. And you seek His ways. Let Him be your mentor. Let Him be your guide. And you'll be the best father you can possibly be. every head bowed and every eye closed Father we thank you this morning first of all I want to thank you for your presence that we feel here in the house I'm sure Father it's being felt even on social media right now and around the world Father, today, as this word has gone forth, I pray it will sink into our hearts. It will cause us to realize that we must learn to see ourselves as you see us. That we can go through life knowing who we are in Christ and we can be overcomers. And we can fulfill our destiny that you've called us to. Father, as we leave here today, I pray that by the grace of Jesus and the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would go with us and abound in us, not just today, but throughout this week as we come back next Sunday ready to worship you here in the house and to bring someone with us to share the love of Christ. For as I said before, we may be the only Bible someone will ever read. Help us to put you first in all that we do. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the congregation said, Amen.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.